You know, I'm sorry that I always start. I should, you, you should start this week. Why? Because it's uh, repetitive. Every week I but, start. But you already started, so it's too late. Well, but what if, but I haven't actually welcomed the audience. But did, do people need to be welcomed nowadays? Well, aren't, aren't... I mean, it's a basic, uh, it's basically rude if you don't invite, welcome the audience. Uh, this is, this is Gen Z now, Ed. We just text. Or we WhatsApp. It's not even text anymore. It's WhatsApp. How do you do that in a podcast? Well, people can just imagine me sending them a message now. Thumbs up. All right. Well, uh, here we are. It's the new apathy. I'm comfortable with this as a Gen Xer. New apathy. It's all good, except it's nothing because I don't care. Because it's apathy. Because it's apathy. You understand. Well, I'm a Gen Xer. Of course, I understand apathy. Yeah, people people don't understand that, you know, who aren't apathetic. You know, Gen Zers are getting it. The millennials didn't get it so much. But Gen Z kind of understands the comfort of apathy. I'm pretty sure like Gen X, because, you know, like we never exist, right? Gen X never exists in any media coverage of anything. And I mean, Gen Zers get lumped in with millennials all the time, so we can hang out, right? There's a there's a, a kinship here. Well, I mean, when you consider the way the world has developed after the rise of uh, Gen X, um, can you understand why we were apathetic? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. There's never been a Gen X president of the United States and you know, the, there's so many things that could be said about that because then, you know, social media was basically built by Gen Xers. People think of it as a millennial phenomenon, but people had to make that stuff. That's where Gen X went. Forget politics, man. Just, just you know, skip a step. All right. Um, speaking of apathy, uh, <laughs> We're going to, uh, <coughs> uh, I got a bit of a cough today, uh, but I don't. Well, I don't know why I coughed. It's I just, an apath- no. It's a cough, cough of apathy. It's a copathy. No, you can't cough. An ap- you can't have an apathetic cough because a cough is an active step. Is it? It's yeah. more of an autonomic response. Then maybe it can be apathetic. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I don't understand the world right now ed i don't understand the world and i'm i'm sort of just floating in that feeling because try to understand the world the more i try to understand the less i feel like i understand so now i'm just chilling you know i understand you know you take away the actual bombing part of it i understand the unabomber's thinking going off and living somewhere in the Uh, woods what (laughs) i understand the unabomber's thinking said no one ever (laughs) well like i said without the bombing even even beyond i mean that the unabomber is a shining example of how too much specialization is bad for you it's like if if i could get a hut somewhere but it had indoor plumbing and i had (laughs) access to uh toilet paper um I would have, like, I, I, I don't need this world being so plugged in. It's, it, it is, it is not healthy. It is not healthy to know what is going on in the world. 
because we don't really know what's going on in the world. We know all the bad things that are going on in the world, and there's no time to learn about the good things going on in the world. So we just think there's nothing but bad things in the world. And it's every day, it's like getting punched in the face over and over and over and over again by bad things. So I was like, why, why even bother? Why, like, I don't even know why, like, the news, it, it, it's not informing me of anything anymore. It's just telling that, me how bad is, things are today. That is truth. That is, I, I am amazed looking at news stories major details are missing from these stories. You know how there used to be a little summary of an ongoing story. So if you miss the first few waves, you could still, okay, what's going on here? That doesn't exist anymore. It, news stories are written assuming that people have been following it. And so I'll read stories now. I'm like, what is going on here? I am lost. Yeah, it, I, I don't know how a person's life could be badly affected by ignoring the news altogether, like well, I try to do. I don't know, you know how, like, it doesn't affect me going to the grocery store. It doesn't affect me. I mean, it affects me filling up my gas. If I didn't know about the news, I'd say, what the hell is going on? Well, um, you know, if you're going to go to the store at Don Mills in Eglinton, there's a street name change coming up. What? Yeah, they're naming it Kyle Lowry Road. And am I the only one who goes, oh, of course, that they name a street after a raptor at Don Mills and Eglinton? You know, hockey players get a street downtown, but the raptors, Don, Don Mills and Egg. Like, well, <laughs> who it, does this? It, I mean, what hockey players have streets named after them? Gretz, uh, Gretzky. Oh, sorry, there's, it's, it's on Blue Jay Way, right? Sorry, it's Blue Jay Way. Yeah, Blue Jay Way, because it's on the way to the Dome. Um, but there's no hockey players' streets downtown. I, I confused it with Blue Jay Way. Yeah, all right. Yeah, there's See, no when the Blue Jays won the World Series, they got a street named after them. Downtown, right by the Sky Dome. Raptors, no respect. Well, I mean, have the Raptors won a championship yet? They, yes. You don't have, remember that, Ed? What, they, they won the NBA championship? How did you memory hold that? The streets were flooded with people. Oh, I don't remember. It was pre-COVID, but... Oh, I don't remember anything pre-COVID. I can't believe you don't. This is how little you follow sports. They won in 2019. Um, well, then I guess they should name... Well, they call that whole area Jurassic Park. After only the, only uh, when it's the temporary setup, yeah. Um, and Kyle Lowry is the only sports star I can think of in Toronto who has a street named after him. Blue Jays way. That's a team, not yeah, an individual. But why don't we have Raptors Boulevard somewhere? I don't know. Go to city council and ask them. Oh, it's this several is really an issue proposed. This might not even happen. I just, I just. Don Mills I, and Eglinton. There's this, no streets at Don Mills and Eglinton. There, um, it's where something to do with the Crosstown LRT. So there's some streets being added because of that, and this is one of the the names. Don Mills um, and Eglinton has been a horrible place to drive for years because of all the construction. Mm -hmm. Like one of the worst intersections in the city of Toronto, Don Mills and Eglinton. 
Okay, maybe maybe it's just my sensitivity that, of course, it's basketball. So it's a Don Mills and Eglinton. What does Don Mills and Eglinton have to do with basketball in your mind? What are you what are you hinting at? I you know, it's just like when you say Brampton, people recognize the people who live there. Oh, are you talking about people of color? Yes. Are people of color the majority in that area? There, there are certain communities and certain. Do you not listen to Toronto Ed? There are shout outs to Todd Mills and Eglinton all the time. Um, no, I don't listen to any hip hop, let alone <laughs> Toronto hip hop, because most of hip hop is garbage. Oh, come on. Most of hip hop is garbage. Ed, there are too many. It's like now. I it, know you no, don't believe that. No, most hip hop is garbage. Like most of everything is garbage. You've got so you know how many how many uh, people send me uh, links to their their new hip hop track, and it sounds like everybody else's hip hop track. There, there is a bit of a grimy vibe in Toronto hip hop of late. Grimy, of the, yeah, the type of music. You know what else I hate? I can't stand white rappers. Okay, even Eminem. I never liked Eminem. Even Eminem. Chav Hoppers. There's some Ooh, good huh? Chav Hoppers out there. British Grasshoppers. British, what? Chav Hoppers. British working class hip hop. I don't know from that. All I know there's is this, actually there's this really good French hip hopper named Oral Sun. He's fantastic. So I don't like white hip hop <laughs> because I get a lot of. Uh, music videos for New Music Nation from white hip hop guys. And every one is the same. They are all adopting um, postures from black people in hip hop videos in the 90s. Um, they're still the only people uh, in hip hop videos who show close ups of their mouth exhaling weed. Um, and they're, they're in, in, invariably, they're they're like skinny runt kids who are trying to front and put up this this, this tough uh, image and it's all artifice it's all phony it, it's it's somewhat pathetic um, and uh, the, the the stuff I get from hip hop artists of color is better um, but it's still most of it is just not very good. Shawnee twenty two is good. We played him. Okay, he's so that, he's that guy from Halifax. All right, so he's good. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. if I played yeah. him, he must be good because I, I just I look at so many bad ones that if somebody <laughs> got through, they must have been good. Yeah, and I actually went through and had to translate the slang Arabic. <laughs> I had to call in some favors to make sure there was nothing you know that might get us in trouble there. But no, he's, oh, but he's he's, he's not white. He's Arabic. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm complaining about white hip hop. When you were talking about artists of, of color are usually better, and I want to make it clear that it's not just the people of color are are multiple heritages and you know things. It's it's There's not this a one Asian not a binary rapper. I wish I could remember his name. I included his video once because he was so persistent, but he is so obnoxious. I want to punch his face every time I see him on the screen. And, and yet he just persisted. And so. Well, I had an opening that week. <laughs> You're not even big on BTS's raps. I, uh, they rap. Some of them do. 
No, I, I, I don't need. I, I, I didn't need. Oh, Amer- you're pretty good. I did not need American boy bands. I do not need South Korean boy bands. Oh, come on, BTS is good. You know, here's here's something very stupid. Um, it, it, it's this is one of those people that is so um, uh, interested in being progressive that they become progressively stupider. Um, I put up a tweet one like a, last year saying that uh, basically saying that the Backstreet, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were created in a lab. Um, and nice to see that South Korea has now adopted the formula uh, for boy bands. And some girl accused me of being racist, said I was claiming that all Koreans were built, were made in laboratories. <laughs> I completely missed what you were saying. Like, why would I claim that all Koreans are made in laboratories? Like, what, what racist screed is that part of? I've never heard racists claiming that Koreans were made in laboratories. Like, this, this, is, this is a very... And, and she just kept telling me I needed to listen and learn. <laughs> like, no, not from you. Of course, she was I white. Mean- it, it's pretty. It's pretty much known that it, the K-pop idols come from a you know a sort of a uh, how, how what's the the euphemism highly manufactured star system. Well, uh, and, and they do in America too. Yeah, but I mean, okay, you compare American boy bands to like you know RM from BTS apparently has an IQ of one hundred and forty eight. This is a person named RM. Yeah, the main rapper guy of BTS. BTS, RM, do they even have names? Well, because they know that Westerners can't say their actual names. So they all have like short forms. RM stands for Rap Monster. Rap Monster. Yeah. Excellent. Um, all right. Um, we're going to. Uh, talk today about a few things we've already talked about a few things well we're going to talk about a few things more all right um we're going to talk about the january 6th committee in the states talking about apathy and how we should be concerned about that here in canada going to talk about ben kenobi and uh obi-wan kenobi and ms marvel and we're going to talk about uh uh how people react to something being called woke or how people react in calling something woke. Um, we're going to do all of that uh, when we come back after this break. All right? All right. All right. We'll be back after this. So looking into the U.S., which I was talking earlier about not wanting to know what's going on in the world, um, watching a a global empire and the paroxysms of its own decline, um, uh, we see the January 6th committee issuing uh, an update um, and the collective reaction from Americans is, "Eh?" like, we're talking about 
a, an attempted insurrection and overthrow of the American electoral system, of the American democratic system in voting for president. It is that stark and that dramatic. That was what the, the goal was, to stop the, uh, pro the, the, the proper results of the last uh, national election in the US, last presidential election, to be certified, so that, which is normally just a formality, um, so that the next president can be officially named. Um, and Trump got his people riled up, told them the election was stolen, and sent them out to try to get them to stop this process through mob violence. Um, this is an attempted overthrow of the American of the American democracy, and Americans just don't seem to care. Uh, yeah, it was. I've been talking about. I'm talking to some people on social media about this as to why, because I'm disturbed about the apathy that's going on south of the border as well. I mean, up here, it was air horns and racist flags and, you know, a decisive majority of Canada went, no, this is not OK. Right. There is a definite difference. I think part of it is the absolute breathless series of news cycles. Uh, but there's a, a chilling element that if if people on social media are to be believed that people feel like there's a double standard between what happened and I am not agreeing with this I am just reporting what I've been told uh, a double standard based on how the the protesters in the wake of the uh, George Floyd were treated versus how the yahoos who you know were part of a riot slash insurrection at the U.S. Capitol were treated. Now, there's a lot of logical holes Huge. in that comparison. However, Huge. They're, they're not they're not really comparable. One was localized in a city about a about uh, police violence. The other was trying to stop the 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 uh, inauguration of a new president. Well, like they're not on a scale. They're not. They don't even begin to measure up to each other. Well, you know, then people jump, jump, jump. And, and the reality is that the people who wreck stuff like, you know, set fast food chains on fire and things like that in the evening were not the same people as the, you know, the peaceful protests that went on during the day. There's a lot of, um, you know, there, there's a lot there's a lot of things that are not comparing like to like but the sheer number of people stateside that said that to me that that matters there's a real there's a real issue with the way americans are interacting with their systems and their media and i think it's important to understand it so that it doesn't happen here right our systems might be different here uh we might you know for now have political parties with a, a modicum of, of responsibility and a sense of civic duty that can change. I mean, if you're looking at what's going on in the conservative leadership race, right? You've got a lot of that bad kind of populism coming up. Well, it can, I mean, if you look at the conservative leadership right now, Candace Bergen, instead of making um, persuasive, logical arguments, constructing arguments against the policies of the government, 
and pointing out the actual flaws mm -hmm. in the government, in the policies and what the, the, what the negative ramifications could be, which is what the job of the opposition is to do, is to, is to stop bad legislation and to make legislation better through their criticism. Um, they're instead, they just made broad statements um, entire, it, 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 in uh, intending to get people's emotions going and to feel like something disastrous is happening and that uh, Trudeau and, and uh, Singh are traitors and like they, they're, they're encouraging um, emotional reactions, not any kind of logical thought, not any kind of uh, criticism that could lead to productive, constructive change. They're, they're just throwing red meat at starving dogs. Well, but I mean, they know they know how to motivate people, right? If the last Ontario election was any indicator, people don't care about policy. No, they generally don't. Nowadays, it's it's all about uh, which team you're on and how you can bloody the nose of the other guy. Who cares what your team does that's wrong? All that matters is bloodying the nose of the other team. They take great joy in... Um, owning the the libtards um, oh, the, the the left is just as bad well the, I left, mean... the left is it, it's intolerant like the the worst of the left is com is completely intolerant of anybody who doesn't think exactly in lockstep with them you become an enemy the minute you say i yeah. am generally with the sentiment that you have but i do not right. agree with the way you're expressing it or the way you're trying to go about getting it done yeah and, you know, as long as the right gets your money, they're a little bit more flexible that way on 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 most things. There are exceptions. And people accuse me of both sides on this, which is one of the worst terms to come out of the Trump era. My God, sides You mean yeah. being objective? They don't consider that objective. They they both both political extremes create a false binary. I've talked about this before. You're either with us, you're against us. It's good or it's bad. It's right or it's wrong. And I would like to think, though I'm probably not right here, that the uptick in interest in Stoic philosophy is a reaction to that. Because one of the things the Stoics teach is that there actually is a, a moral neutrality option. Not all decisions are are ethical ones, are moral ones. There are things that are just, you know, right, wrong, neutral. They're not, you know, not everything is dire, but both of these extremes want people to believe that it's zero sum, ironically binary. Uh, I say ironically because, you know, some of the left wing, uh, the extreme left wing talking points about binaries, but, uh, you know, they, they do want to create this fallacy that there are only two choices and there aren't. That's the biggest thing, I think, that has caused Canada and the U.S. to, to diverge politically, is that even though we have first passed the post riding by riding, we do not have that. There's two parties. You have to pick one. Nobody else has a chance, right? Nobody has a chance to have any influence. I think that's that that and some other structural things are the big difference. And you've seen major diversions between Canada and the U.S. definitely since the 1970s. But I'd argue even before that, 
and it's structural. So well, I mean, we can't get complacent. But, you know, we're, there is, and I, I wouldn't say that in Canada, we're getting an increasing number of people who are uh, emulating uh, or, or believing things the way a number of Americans do. Because, I mean, America is split in half. Um, and Canada is not. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say that there's a growing number of people who go in for this uh, baiting uh, uh, tactics, who are um, dismissive of facts. I wouldn't say there's a greater number. There is, a, they are getting louder. The number that's I... there is getting louder and it makes people think there's more of them than they are. Like, you know, during the, the trucker uh, convoy, there was less than 10% of truckers in the trucking industry yeah. agreed with what the truckers were doing. Less than 10%. But just because of the concentration of media and the constant repetition of trucker convoy, trucker convoy, trucker convoy, you would be uh, understandably get the impression that there were a lot, there was a lot greater number of truckers who had the sentiment of the people who were in Ottawa. And you'd be wrong. It's just that they right. got the, they got a lot of attention, but, and the people, you know, you don't show attention to people who aren't there. Um, and so you didn't get a balanced view of how widespread that sentiment was. You got a sense that it was bigger than in fact it was. Ottawa's a small town. It's easy yeah. to blockade it with, yeah. a, with a small number of vehicles. So it gave this impression that Canada's going bananas um, like America, and we're not. I mean, still two thirds of the country votes for parties who push for progressive policies. Um, yeah, we got to be careful because I'm concerned about the media consolidation in this country and the increasing amount of, especially our news media that's owned by, you know, conservatives. And well, we almost, shouldn't... It's, it's pretty much all owned by conservatives now. Well, you know, except for for certain independent stations, right? It's and how it, power. Yeah, I mean, there there's a there, there's a, a, a smattering of independent media stations in Canada, yeah, but this, they're not, this, what, it's uh, not what it used to be. It used to this be, program is carried on one. That's we should right. Declare, yeah. Um, uh, there used to be, and there's more um, small companies in radio than yeah. there is in television now in Canada. TV but, has gotten very consolidated and TV and newspapers, newspapers are all owned by conservatives at this point. All the major papers are owned by conservatives. Unfortunately, one. news radio is now just taking news feeds from those TV stations to cut costs. It, it's we do have to be careful. Not we do have station. to be aware. Not no, this not this station. station. Not this station, but I just I want to let people know what the reality is who are listening, because, again, you have to be aware when you hear certain everybody has a bias, right? I have a bias. You have a bias, Ed. Everybody has a bias, which is why it's really important that people can sample differing opinions. And I, I don't do have a bias. I have a perspective. No, Ed, everybody has a bias. No. I have a perspective. Now a we've seen your is, bias. A bias is something that is um, unthinking. Like you, you, you won't go against it. I oh, you mean when I when I tell you something that you don't agree with and just go, "That's a bunch of crap." 
See, a bias is something that you uh, you view everything through that lens. You cannot see any other position. Everybody has something like that. Everybody has something that they just dig in and they're not appropriately objective. You have to acknowledge that about yourself or you're run by your bias. And unfortunately, there are there are too many people working in news media that can't recognize pretty major biases when it comes to views of the world. Right. And that's that's why I think it's important, you know, to go on social media and actually talk to people instead of just immediately judging them and try to understand their perspective. It's more important for me to do that, like I think, so I can explain it to other people. Like, why do people believe these things? Well, you know, this is why you can think it's ridiculous, but it's a real thing. You know, this is what people legitimately believe and it is a sincerely held belief. It's very important to not shut that out because you have to be able to um, keep dialogue channels open. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I mean, you don't have to agree with somebody, but you'd have to treat them like a human being. And most people don't want to listen to somebody who doesn't seem willing to listen to them. Yeah, that seems that. Yeah, that makes sense. Why but would that, you want to why would you want to give quarter when they're not giving any? Right. But that mistake gets made all the time. Right. People just think that it's persuasive to brawl with each other. I mean, some of the behavior I've seen out of U.S. politicians just today has been I, I actually told AOC and Matt Gates were fighting with each other on Twitter. And I actually told I actually tweeted I, I touched the poop telling them both to grow up because she was insulting the fact that he wears cheap suits. AOC was making fun of someone else's clothes, right? That just the irony. And then he was saying, I'm not going to date you. I'm married. And it's like, well, you two, please just grow up. It's it's gotten ridiculous. He's also not going to date her because she's of age. Well, that's the obvious joke, right? Yeah. But if if we take away the personality politics, these are two sitting members of Congress behaving like a couple of schoolyard bullies. It was embarrassing for Western democracy. Well, there's an awful lot of embarrassments for Western democracy. I don't know how much hope I hold. I'm glad that I'm uh, of the age I am so that I'll be dead before it gets really, really terrible. Oh, I don't know. The, at the rate this is going, I, you know. No, I mean, in Canada, in the States, it's one more, uh, one more, presidential election and they're down the tubes it's it, it but that's going to impact us right sure when our uh, largest trading partner winds up being um uh an autocracy and their democracy falls apart um yeah it's going to affect us well i mean i mean just look at the baby formula shortage now that is in part directly tied to the renegotiation of nafta and the the dairy uh concessions that the Canadian government had to make. We don't have any shortages here. Well, there are some of the um, uh, hypoallergenic formula, but if, if you know, those negotiations had not happened and they let more Canadian dairy into the US, the shortages there would not be as profound. And, you know, make no mistake, if the US goes to you know what, it's gonna affect Canada. Oh yeah, there's the, of course. When the elephant yeah. rolls over. Yeah, um, exactly. 
All right. Uh, on that cheery note, let's go to a break. <laughs> okay. And come back and talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi and Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, let's change. Stuff gears. that matters. Yeah, they're really important. <laughs> All right, we'll be back after. So it seems that Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has uh, achieved uh, great enough success for long enough that they now have Marvel fans turning against the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There seems to be a critical mass um, when something pop culture becomes popular enough that that fandom then turns on it. You got it, from, get it from Star that's Trek, been got it from going Star Wars, on. and now Marvel. You've got, that's been going on for a while now, Ed. You're late to the party. Well, it just, this is what happens when you get this uh, critical mass of fans who then become so religious and orthodox about things that any, anything uh, that differs from their idea of the direction things should have taken automatically turns them against the very people who created the things they love. There's more to it going on with with the MCU than that, though. There is some tension just because it is so big. Right. I mean, you got uh, Miss Marvel, a series which uh, uh, the comic book. I I like comic books. I had never had any interest in this comic book. I didn't have interest in the previous incarnation of Miss Marvel, who became Captain Marvel. See, I, I very much like that character. See, I, I never had any interest in either. Um, so I went and checked out the, the Disney Plus series and was totally surprised by it, how great the, it was. The first episode, very, very good. Yeah. I mean, it, it reinvents the way to use visuals to tell stories. Um, It's also not afraid to delve into the sort of cultural tensions in South Asian families, which I give them credit for. One guy knows he's South Asian, uh, you know, American South Asian. And he said, I don't know if I like it or I feel totally pandered to. And I said, the fact that you feel pandered to, though, means they got some things right. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is that, well, the, the the cultural the names of the cultural practices or whatever in Miss Marvel reflect her Pakistani American origin. Yeah. Um, they're also, you can change the names to um, other languages and find the similarities in just about every family that um, immigrated to the United States or to Canada, quite frankly. At, at the a same certain way, period of time, yeah. The same way Kim's Convenience, the CBC uh, comedy, um, you could well, see, you could see um, other ethnicities could see themselves or their grandparents in the experience of the, uh, the Korean family because there are so many similarities in families that uh, come from cultures outside of like England um, and, and places like that. There are so many, and it's not even about skin color because you can find similarities 
with Irish families. I, I don't know. There, there were certain things that were were very, very precise in the first episode of um, Ms. Marvel. It was good. Like I'm, I'm happy Disney is using its juggernaut status. Pardon the pun with the Marvel Cinematic Universe to tell stories like this. And yeah, they know there's going to be a backlash. Well, right? and that's they- the thing. People are review bombing. Miss Marvel. It's a great little series. Yeah. Very entertaining. It's very well done. It's visually okay, brilliant. But, but and Ed, people are review bombing it. Why? Ed, these are trolls. These are trolls. These are not angry fans in this case. Star Wars, different story. We can get into Star Wars, but the review bombing, this is just people. I, I spend a lot of time looking into social media phenomenon, online stuff. These are people just looking to get attention. It's a reaction to a reaction to reaction. It's like internet hives. It's not, it's not to be taken seriously. Uh, I mean, but review bombing does depress the... Uh... Ah, they, they know it's a review bomb, though, so they go and they correct it. Uh, I just, I know that they're upset because her powers in the comics come from a different thing than her powers yeah, in the which TV is, series. Like, there, who there cares? is no way her powers in the comics come from a mist released by Black Bolt. Anybody Wait, who's Black Bolt? But basically, no. But, you know, Black Bolt is the guy with no mouth in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. They hadn't set it up. They changed America Chavez's origin somewhat too because that has to do with another very complex period of marvel comics marvel comics continuity is weird and there's an understanding that there's going to be a certain simplification as somebody who really enjoys the kamala khan stuff they didn't change her powers they made them look different but she still got the stretchy punchy fist and things like that they just gave it a different explanation. And I think it's because, so she's not too much like America Chavez because their powers have a lot of overlap. They were trying to make them distinct, which I'm okay with. Superman's powers aren't what they were when the character first started. See also Wonder Woman, Batman had purple gloves when he originally debuted. These things do evolve, but that's, I mean, that's nothing compared to what's going on in Star Wars fandom. Well, Star Wars fandom is just that toxic uh, outhouse. Um, it's it's and, and just, they just, everybody, it's like, why, if you don't like Star Wars anymore, just go away. But why they, do you have to stick there and complain constantly that you don't like it? I mean, you get an, a good series like Obi-Wan Kenobi, which has done phenomenally well for Disney+, Plus, is very popular, and you just get people complaining because they're nitpicking places where it doesn't jibe continuity wise with and, and a movie made 40 years ago. Jur- jury's out on that too. And it's not a movie. It's the star Wars rebels continuity. Well, exactly. Who, who, who cares? These. Okay. These are people that unfortunately these people have just been branded like straight up racist. And that's not true across the board. Um, these are people who got very, very invested in what's called the, the extended canon or the legends canon of the comics and the books and you know the video games and all that stuff. And Disney wiped all that out. 
they said, no, none of that's canon anymore. The only thing that's canon are the movies and the Dave Filoni um, cartoons like Clone Wars and, and Rebels. And then anything else we bring back in kind of sort of. Um, but yeah, people got very, very, very upset about that because let's face it, knowing that stuff for a while gave them a sense of status. It made them feel important. It made them feel like they belonged somewhere. And then there's a sense, and this is another thing that has me very worried about culture. They feel it an, an intense aggrievement because something has been taken from them. I, I, I can't relate to the level of anger. I, oh. I just can't relate to the level of like you can't still, relate to the level of anger of picayune things, Ed. You they, answer carefully. They still have points for the use of picayune. They like, still have those books and comics to go back and reread. Yeah, but it's not like, real now. It's not validated by some external source. It was never real. Except, Ed, you've got to understand you are talking about the identity generation. Two generations now have been given this message that their identity, their identity based on things that cannot change, is the most important thing. And now things, when, so whenever anything changes, it, it is this sense of violation that, like I said, I'm really concerned about this. It, it disturbs me because I think um, Obi-Wan Kenobi is a fun show. It's very much in the spirit of episode four, AKA the original Star Wars movie. And that's deliberate, right? But these are people who the first movies they ever saw were the prequel trilogy. So that's their frame on Star Wars. And so now they're going through what we went through when the prequels came out, which is what is this junk? That's because the prequels actually weren't good not because they didn't yeah. they didn't measure up to uh, to the mythology that had been established. Okay, they, let's, they fit let's... within they fit within the established mythology. They just were objectively not good stories. Okay, they weren't Let, well yeah. done. Let's be let's be objective here. Visually stunning. It was the scripting and the direction that were god awful. <laughs> that Attack of the Clones is still hilariously bad. It's funny. It's so bad. And, well, and you know what? The, uh, the, the sequels, rather than the prequels, were not very good. The, yeah, uh, again, they had moments, but they were okay. Not what you expect after waiting 35 years. For... Absolutely what I expect after waiting 35 years. All right. Well, people don't have to wait 35 years for our next segment. Okay. Uh, they just, just sit with us through this break. And then we will come back and talk some more. Okay. Stay with us. Yeah, uh, about the after 25 years or whatever, you know, being disappointed, par for the course, right? 
people have to remember these legacy properties, they're not going to be what you remember because you've had 20 some odd years to tell your own stories in your head. So everybody just chill because the problem that's happening with some of these reactions, people are doing very, very inadvisable things because they're disappointed. It's like we now have multiple generations. Remember I said off the top about apathy? We yeah. need more apathy, right? Because this, this super earnest disappointment that metastasizes into truly poor behavior is embarrassing. You know, it's like, okay, so you were disappointed by the first couple episodes of a Star Wars series. Go attack the actress who plays a character on social media with racist, racist epithets. Because that makes sense. Well, they're, they're, I, they're saying that this actress, Moses Ingram, who, play, yeah. who is black, a black woman, who yeah. plays... A, uh, a a very angry character. A so very I'm surprised angry, bad, the way this a, one a went bad down. Bad guy. Yeah. Um, uh, they're saying yeah. that her casting, that putting a black woman in that role is woke. <laughs> it's like everything. Yeah. Anytime you see somebody who isn't white, um, or you see a character who once was male and now is female because it makes more sense for the story, whatever. Anytime, but but mostly when you see uh, a person of color, a, a non-white person who is cast in a role, even if the role never existed before and the character yeah. never existed before, um, they, they say it's woke. Like it, it's, the new, um, it's, it, it's the new affirmative action uh, complaint that it, people yeah. claimed that uh, people of color were getting jobs that they weren't qualified for just because of their color. And that's, I mean, the, there are black people and have been in the Star Wars universe since uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Lando Calrissian was a big character. Why this brand new James Earl Jones? Ed, but my, a lot of people might not know that he's that he's black. He's not on screen. But James Earl Jones. But he's not on screen. Billy I know, D but... was on screen. Okay, Billy D. Billy D. was representation in the eighties, so, right? So I don't know why this brand new character. Um, it's not like this is a character who in the Rebels cartoon series was white and a man. It's this is a character made out of whole cloth and the character happens to be black in a universe of millions of various strange species that everyone accepts. Uh, and they claim that she's only black because they're trying to satisfy uh, leftists. And it's like, what are you even talking about? There is this weird belief. And you, you and I know the inner workings of Hollywood enough to know that it's amazing anything ever gets made. It's yeah. so dysfunctional, right? Mm -hmm. But there are people out there who believe that Hollywood is this well-oiled machine where everything is meticulously planned. And there is this invasion of feminists and woke people who are, who are just trying to propagandize through entertainment media. And it's hilarious to anybody who knows how entertainment media actually works and how things barely get made at the best of times, right? But well, again- most of, stuff, most of those productions are on fire the entire time they're, on, they're in production. Yeah, yeah. Scripts being rewritten on the day of the shooting. It's, uh, it, most productions are on fire. There, is, there are no such thing. Uh, it's like that thing, a uh, battle plan never survives first contact yeah. with the enemy. Like yeah. any plan to make a movie or a TV series never survives the, the, as soon as the cameras start rolling. It's yeah. uh, 
it, 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 there is no diabolical organization or planning. Um, it's it, these are people who it, just want to make money. There are there are high degrees of narcissism and a lot of abuse, right? There are too many sociopaths in Hollywood. That is all true. But this idea that anything can be that long term coordinated a I mean, just the reactions Disney's had to a bunch of things lately shows how they're constantly on their back foot. Right. I it just but you can't. This is another thing. As I said, people have this sincerely held belief that there is this conspiracy in Hollywood and just dismissing them and telling them they're dumb doesn't shake that belief it it strangely reaffirms them because of the the phenomenon of emotional reactance so you know let's be kind to each other so everybody can take a breath and stop fighting over this stuff because this is supposed to be entertainment not not required viewing or some sort of mark of how much of a human being someone is. Good point. And at that, uh, I will encourage you to uh, to listen to Leanna's uh, show, It's Not Therapy, Thursdays at 7 p.m. here on Saga 960 AM. It is also available as a podcast in uh, on any podcast carrier that you use or podcast platform that you use. Uh, except type- Google. I'm still waiting on Google. Still waiting on Google. But it, yeah. Is it available on Apple Music? It's on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Echo, a few. I don't know. I, I signed up for everything. But right. iHeartRadio, Samsung. Yeah. And the Podbean right. app. So check out It's Not Therapy. Uh, practical solutions for everyday challenges um, that you can, they're hands on and you can put them to use. Uh, it's not therapy, which is something that a process that takes a very long time and is for different kinds of situations. Um, it's, it's practical solutions. So, uh, and, and for things like stress and burnout and uh, relationship problems and family issues, all those things, check it out. Uh, it's not therapy. And uh, Leanna is at Red Leanna K on Twitter and Leanna K video channel uh, on Google. All right, that's it. Leanna, you wanna say our uh, wrap up? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.